We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now there was a certain individual who wrote me a letter and said, I know what you're teaching about faith and the power of God to heal and through faith you can be healed. But she said, our pastor said, faith couldn't have anything to do with healing because these people all died in faith. <laughs> well, now you know that brother, he's either unlearned in the scriptures or either that or he's dishonest. It says, these all died in faith not having received the promise. When you look at this, you see what he's talking about here. In fact, let me point out to you what he's talking about. Go with me to Acts, the seventh chapter. And we'll bring this into context, you see. The promise that he's referring to here, almost all of these promises, is referring either to the Messiah or to the promise that God made to Abraham concerning his seed. Now, let's look at what Acts, the seventh chapter, verse 17 states here. But when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had swore to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Now, notice, when the time of the promise drew nigh. Now, see, the promise that God made to Abraham could not have happened in his day. It was an impossibility for it to all have been consummated in the day that Abraham lived because his seed was going to be as the sand of the sea and as the stars of the heavens, innumerable. Well, it couldn't have happened in his day, but it started in his day, you see. So for an individual to say, well, now this proves that, you know, faith doesn't have anything to do with obtaining the promises of God because it says that these all died in faith. Well, now, let me tell you something. You don't ever want to be caught dead not believing God. You don't ever want to die without faith. <laughs> I'll guarantee you that. Sure, they died in faith. It says, but having seen them afar off. Now, you see, I, I can understand the context of this, that it's referring that they did perceive these things, that they were going to be in the future. That's what it's referring to here, when they perceive them afar off, you see. But... I want to pull that out of context just for the sake of sharing something with you that will help you in this. There's a lot of people today that they are seeing the promises of God that have been given in the New Covenant. They're seeing them afar off. They don't see them as being for them today. There's probably some of you that have been putting off the promises that is in this New Covenant and saying, well, now we're going to get these when we get to heaven. You know, we sing that song, when we all get to heaven, won't it be wonderful then? and all of the wonderful things. Well, you see, we've sang that song so long until we got to believing that all of the good things was going to be put off until we get to heaven. And some of us have been putting these things off. We've seen the promises in the new covenant, which is for us today, afar off. And they're not to be afar off. This is our promised land. You see, as God told the children of Israel, He said, I've given you the land. Go in and possess it. Belong to them. It was theirs. It was God's will for them to possess the land. But the scripture says that the word was preached to us as well as unto them, but it did not profit them. The word preached did not profit them because they wouldn't mix any faith with it. 
So you see, if we see these things and say, well, yeah, I know the Bible says that my God will meet my need according to his riches and glory. But if we keep putting it off until we get to heaven, then you see, we're seeing it afar off. We're not seeing it in the now. But faith is now. You know, the scripture said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's now faith. That's the kind of faith we're talking about, faith that's in the now. The scriptures here, the Apostle Paul actually said concerning the promises of God, that they're yes and amen. In other words, God's already said yes to every promise in the new covenant. God wouldn't make a promise to us and tell us, well, you won't get it till you get to heaven. This New Testament is the last will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just ask yourself, if your rich uncle died and, and left his last will and testament, that you was to receive all of his possessions, all of his land, all of the money that he had in the bank, in the will, it was will to you. Would you think you were going to get that when you got to heaven? No, you see, it wouldn't be after you died. It would be after he died. And you see, some people are seeing these things afar off. They think they're going to get their inheritance when they die. No, we're joint heirs with Jesus. You see, a testament is good after the testator has died, the one that made the will and testament. He has to die first. And when he dies, then we get the inheritance. Well, thank God Jesus has already died. And we've received the inheritance. Now, you know, we'd think about an individual that came and said, well, now, my rich uncle has willed all of his land to me and all of his riches to me, and he has millions of dollars worth of investments, and it's all mine. Oh, I just can't wait to die so I can get it. Well, you know, we'd think uh, you better have your head examined if that's the way you're thinking. But you see, we've been thinking that way all these years, and the devil has conned us into believing that these things are far off. No, thank God they're for us today. Well, I, I could preach right here. I better get on with this thing. But I just throw that in because that'll help you see some things here. Now, they all died in faith. And notice that it says that they were persuaded of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Now, see, it says they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Now, let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter, because I want you to realize something. We don't have to go around confessing that we're strangers and pilgrims in the earth because we're not anymore. See, these things are nigh unto us. The Apostle Paul said, The word of faith is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. In Ephesians 2, let's read from verse 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and with the household of God. Now, you need to realize something. The Apostle Paul, not just making up scriptures to fill in the Bible here, he's telling you something. That we're no more strangers. We're no more foreigners, but fellow citizens. Our citizenship is of heaven. Now, we're citizens of heaven now. There's one family in heaven and in earth, the Bible says. There's not one on earth and one in heaven. They're all one. The one that's on the earth and the one that's in heaven. We're all of the same family. Thank God. Actually, what this scripture here in verse 13 in Hebrews 11 says, they were controlled and sustained by their faith. They see they embraced them and they confessed. They were controlled and sustained by their faith. Now, let me just put this in with that because the Apostle Paul 
in Philippians 1, 23, he says, I am in a strait betwixt two. I don't know whether to go on and be with the Lord, which would really be far better with me, or whether to stay here with you. Now, see, I'm paraphrasing it, but he said, uh, I guess since you need me, I'll just stay. So his faith caused him to make those decisions, you see. And then later on, you see, in in 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter, I think it's verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, I'm now ready to be offered. I've I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course and I've kept the faith. And I'm now ready to be offered. So he stayed here. He was sustained by his faith. When everybody tried to kill him, when they stoned him to death, because of his faith, he came forth and lived a victorious life and finished the course that God had given for him to do. Now, as we follow this on into some of the other things here in the same chapter, verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Now, this is one of the points that we need to realize here, is the fact that this offering of Isaac, it used to bother me. Why in the world God asked Abraham to kill his son? But you see, the key to this is understanding that God had access into the earth through this covenant with Abraham. And he tapped Abraham or asked Abraham for his son. This covenant that he made with Abraham was so strong, so powerful. It meant whatever you have, Abraham, belongs to me. What I have belongs to you. Even to your life, if I require it. And Abraham knew that covenant. When God said, go give your only son, the promised child, sacrifice him, Abraham didn't question that because he knew the covenant. God was requiring Abraham to validate that covenant. You see, a contract between two people, unless it's signed by both people, is no good. Now, God has sworn by himself that he would perform his oath. But what was Abraham going to do? God knew that Satan was going to challenge God and this covenant with Abraham and say, now you made a covenant with a man that couldn't keep it and wouldn't keep it. So God knew it was going to be challenged. So before it ever was challenged, he just tapped Abraham and said, now you go validate this covenant. I'm calling for the most precious thing you have. And that was his son. Now notice what it says here in verse 18. Of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. In other words, God received Isaac as though he were sacrificed because he raised the knife to kill him. Now the whole point being this, that if Abraham would not offer his son Isaac, then it would be illegal for God to give his son and offer his son as a sacrifice for mankind. And because Abraham was obedient to the covenant, he validated that blood covenant, and it was stamped valid by the Supreme Court of the universe. It'll stand up through all the ages of time because he validated that covenant. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. Now, our offer all this week is offer number 7132. That's 7132, How to Succeed When Others Fail. It's a single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. Now, in this, we talk about how to succeed when others have failed in the same project or the same thing. And that's by just doing what Jesus said to do. You know, the mother of Jesus 
preached one of the most powerful sermons in just five words or six at the marriage of Cana of Galilee. She said, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. If you need a miracle from God, just read the red and do what he said. I mean, it's that simple. But here's some of the things that would be considered the sayings of Jesus. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have. Now, what's he going to have? Whatsoever he prayeth? No. Whatsoever he hoped for? No. He's going to have whatsoever he saith. If it's based on the authority of the Word of God, he believes and doubts not in his heart. In other words, you have to call things that are not. Now, when you say to the mountain of financial adversity, you'll never hinder me again as long as I live. You hear me saying it. You are cast into the sea. You'll never hinder me again. I have overcome you. Somebody said, well, you're just lying. No, we're calling for what we don't have. This is a principle of the Bible. And it is calling things that are not. This is the way God taught Abraham faith. And if you will see what Jesus said and just read the sayings of Jesus and just do them, it will change your life forever if you will just do it. Hallelujah. That's offer number 7132. It's a single CD entitled How to Succeed When Others Fail for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. That's offer number 7132. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you, the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps. P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.